This is the Better Pastor Podcast, where we focus on the skills you need to pastor better. Seminary didn't prepare us for everything, so let's keep learning and growing together. Today I am joined by Clegert Mitchell, Senior Pastor of South County Bible Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and a good friend of mine. Today we talk about how, as pastors, we can maintain a good reputation with outsiders. All right, Clegert, you have joined me again today to discuss good reputations. So you're really saying a lot about yourself that you could come on the show today to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. Well, again, let's uh, let's start with definitions. Uh, let's think through this rightly, make sure we kind of have the right frame of mind. What does it mean to have a good reputation with outsiders? And why is this an important aspect of pastoral ministry? Uh, sure. Uh, it, it is, it's critical for pastors to have a good reputation with outsiders. Um, the, you know, Paul told Timothy that the, the in his uh, uh, qualifications for leaders, for elders in particular, uh, they must be well thought of by outsiders uh, so that it, they don't fall into disgrace and into the snare of the devil. Um, we know from Proverbs that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, favor uh, better than silver or gold. Uh, so that that really is the issue that is at stake. It, it's uh, it's about the gospel. It's about uh, uh, credibility. Uh, reputation is is about the judgment of others, their evaluation of our integrity and our honesty and our actions. Well, you just mentioned it a little bit, but what does the Bible have to say about having a good reputation with those outside of their own local church? And and I think I'll yeah. tack on to that question too. Um, why should we care what they think? Uh, that that can be a struggle. Yeah. Uh, well, again, the, the, the primary text, I, I think, would be uh, Paul writing to Timothy and and uh, 1 Timothy 3, 7, moreover, uh, talking about elders must be well thought of by outsiders. And the verse contains the second part of that, so that he may not fall into disgrace uh, before the watching world and into the snare of the devil. Um, the, the, this, this issue for those outside of the church are the, the unredeemed. We're talking about the, the, the lost ones who uh, are the target of the gospel. And so um, this is this is an important qualification. Um, you know, if we're honest, uh, it's easy to fool a small number of people. Uh, you can you can pretend to be something that you're not in front of a small group of people. But if your character doesn't hold up uh, under the most basic scrutiny of the world, then something's out of line in your heart or or your life uh, that apparently needs addressed. Hmm. What are the factors to consider in having a good reputation with outsiders? Uh, as we think about developing one, perhaps, uh, maybe there's an aspiring pastor listening to this who wants to have a good reputation with outsiders. There are a lot of factors that go into this and even pitfalls and, and ditches. So what are the factors at play here? Um, sure. You know, if, if you're thinking about how you're relating to those on the outside, then uh, the, the two unbelievers in particular, 
um, a couple of really critical points are, are first of all, becoming so uh, focused and consumed by what others think. If you are if you are held captive by what other people think, um, you're probably going to modify the message. Um, Paul references uh, um, that issue of of making it man's uh, in Galatians 1:11, um, and and you 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 have to avoid that. Um, another another issue may be um, where you're spending more time with those on the outside than you are with those on the inside with with your actual congregation. Um, there's a high responsibility that we have for the sheep that are under our care. Um, I don't know who originally said it. I just remember somebody at one time uh, saying that I'm more concerned about the seats that are filled than the seats that are not, because God will take care of the empty seats. Mm. Um, And so that there's, there's some, some truth to that. Um, If we're and and I would also say that, you know, as it relates to that um, in, in revelation one, we see Jesus as uh, he is today, risen, glorified, uh, and walking in the midst of the candlesticks, which which represent the church, he he loves his bride, and we should love his bride. And so, um, you know, we don't we don't want to be held captive by what other people think, and we don't want our time and our schedules to be consumed uh, by by being among those who are on the outside either in, in a in a totally imbalanced in, in unbalanced way. Mm. Um, the scriptures say a lot about that. You know, we, we're to choose uh, friends carefully, uh, these Proverbs twelve twenty six, 26, um, because the way of the wicked can lead astray. Um, we should, we are, to, we are told throughout the Proverbs to stay away from foolish people, to stay away from those who lose their tempo, uh, temper, um, we're to stay away from those who are rebellious. Um, all of those in the Proverbs, I believe, are referencing people who are unsaved. So, mm. So those are things that are in play with it. Um, we're, of course, Paul in Second Corinthians 6 talks about not being yoked together with unbelievers. Second um, Timothy also talks about uh, the servant of the Lord um, who is, is to be kind and not uh, uh, quarrel with anybody. Um, we, we are to have the kind of relationship with those that are on the outside that, that we can always be sharing or teaching or instructing those who oppose the truth. Um, we should demonstrate patience with difficult people. Um, all in all, I, I think, um, as what Matthew five sixteen, Jesus said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Um, so, you know, we, we should be in a position where we can, be of service to unbelievers so that they can see God through us and, and give him some level of praise. Um, we can do that through prayer relationship and, and different things, but um, yeah, th- those are, those are the kinds of things I think, I think your question was about uh, what mm-hmm. the factors that play into it. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are the things that come to my mind. Yeah. Good stuff. What from your own life, uh, have you experienced with developing a good reputation with outsiders? Uh, how have you done it? What kind of interesting stories do you have? Sure. So, you know, I, I I'm perfectly content sitting in my study with my books and and uh, you know hiding out. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
I, I'm, I'm perfectly content with that. I, I had to personally be intentional about how to I engage um, with those on the outside. And um, years ago, the Lord directed my path, as it were, and, and I became a chaplain with the Iowa State Patrol. Um, and I have, you know, it's another area of ministry where it was so fruitful and so uh, invigorating to be a part of. Uh, not because I, I was an ambulance chaser, as they say, hmm. uh, but because I saw God do some really incredible things um, in in that role as a Iowa State Patrol chaplain. It it got me not only involved with law enforcement officers, but but all first responders. Um, um, I got involved in their training. I got involved in in the things that they did, including shoot don't shoot scenarios. Hmm. Um, uh, and, and as a result of that, um, I don't know what think of, a, I'm trying to think of one really good story that I could tell, um, there, there were, I had the opportunity to lead, uh, some of my, my, uh, troopers to the Lord. I got to lead them to faith in Christ because I was there. And, um, uh, I, I, I've had, I, I'm, I don't, I do not serve as a chaplain now. I, the Lord moved me in a different ministry in that. And so I've had to find other creative ways to be involved, but I, that particular area of ministry, um, I, to this day, I still have men, uh, who are officers who will call me, uh, to pray for their family or to seek counsel because I'm the guy they know as someone who, really believes the Bible or, or I'm somebody they know who has this, as one guy put it, you know, you have access to God. Could you just pray for me? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, those are relationships that I have uh, built because of my willingness to be uncomfortable and engage that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another officer whose um, little boy underwent spinal surgery and uh, their pastor came to see them, but he came kind of dressed as a holy man, and and he was so cold and so disconnected that they didn't ask him to come back. They asked me to come back for the additional surgeries, and uh, I was able to share the gospel with their entire family on multiple occasions because of that. Um, because of those inroads and because of that relationship, I participated in the line of duty death funeral and got to share the gospel with over 5,000 people at one, one time, not to mention the news coverage from it. Um, I, I, I actually, I don't want to take up more time with storytelling, but I got to tell you, I was invited by a local school to come in as a chaplain um, after a 12 year old girl committed suicide. And I was not only allowed, I was encouraged to shepherd faculty, students, and anybody from the community that wanted it. Um, and it was all because I had built a good uh, reputation and relationship through that, uh, that chaplaincy with, with the community. Mm. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was really something. Else. There was a much more liberal church in the community where the, the pastor of that church happened to be a lady and she wrote a monthly newsletter and she exhorted her people in her church to be more like Pastor Mitchell's church, where you're expected to show up with your Bible. Um, it was just the craziest. Um, <laughs> I had no idea she even knew who I was, but somebody brought that to me. And um, But that 
you know, I don't say that out of pride or whatever, but it's about, I, I would tell, I tell guys all the time, if they're exploring this, I would say to them all the time, if, if we do not take advantage of the opportunities that we have in the community as men who know the truth, we know the way we know who is the life, then those opportunities are probably going to be filled by lesser men and women. And I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to poke a problem here. I'm just saying that uh, there there is an awareness of spiritual need that's out mm. there, and those of us who have the truth should be willing to engage with it. Mm. Well, how can a pastor discover what works best for him in his own? personal context when it comes to having a good reputation with outsiders as he looks to step up and fill the needs that there are how can he i don't know craft the first steps of that plan sure um well it doesn't start necessarily with where you went to school it doesn't start with with your credentials um it actually this 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 is such a great question because what you have to think about is 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 what what are your interests that you might have that are going to connect you to people outside of the church. Um, if they're outside the church, then church is not your connecting point. Um, and for many, and especially what my experience has been, is, is they look at me differently because of my church and, and my quote-unquote credentials. And so... Um, uh, if you're going to build a relationship with those outside, it, it, it cannot be because you're a Bible expositing fundamentalist, dispensationalist, evangelist, or a celebrity <laughs> preacher. Um, that, that's not how this gets generated. Um, I mentioned chaplaincy. That's really a great opportunity. And in many cases, um, if the department is, is, has any resources, they can help get some training that way. Um, but that, you know, chaplaincy is available not only for law enforcement, but also fire departments, hospitals, uh, corporate world. Uh, I know uh, IFCA pastors who are, are corporate chaplains, and uh, that's a distinct niche that, that may be available to some. Um, because of the spiritual need, there's a natural extension of pastoral care that just goes beyond our uh, current membership and the sheep that are under our care. So, Okay, chaplaincy aside, uh, what are you interested in? Think about what you're, do you like hunting, fishing, sports, uh, the theater? Uh, my associate pastor uh, is a is a very artsy kind of guy and uh, very very skilled um, at things that he does. Very grounded theologically um, uh, and all of that. But our elders approached him a few years ago and said, uh, Pastor Dan, you you uh, you need to get out more. You spend so much of your time and effort on the body here, and uh, we want you to know that you have some freedom to try and engage in the community. And I mean, St. Louis is a huge theater city, and uh, and so he's actually uh, he just told me this morning he's auditioning for a part in a in a local uh, uh, musical, and he's wow. done two or three of these that have allowed him to build a relationship with you. Now, that's not me you're not going to find me putting on makeup and singing and dancing to try and reach the community. Oh, nuts. That would I was be, looking forward to that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But, but yeah, start with what are the kinds of things that you are interested in and, and then share that. Um, yes, be an expositor in the pulpit, but just be an, an encourager in the community. 
um, that that's really what it amounts to. Mm. Um, that, that to me is the point of entry. Well, what are some habits then that pastors should form as they seek to maintain a good relationship with outsiders? Uh, what, what habits have you found to work in your ministry in it's really the ministry of the everyday, right? It's the, yes. I mean, every day we're going to have some level of interaction with outsiders. So what are those basic habits that we can have in place that would foster the good reputation? Yeah, I would say, you know, give some consideration to your boundaries and, um, and the boundaries of others. In other words, um, you know, you, you, you don't have to go do everything for everybody all at once. Um, and, and you don't have to every, every, unless you legitimately have the gift of evangelism, um, probably not every single conversation is going to be an evangelistic conversation. Mm. Um, so just, just, just think through, um, and, and, and kind of just figure out what your boundaries are. Uh, and 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 then practice those. Um, I would say you're talking about habits. Cultivate your own authenticity, your own just being you. Don't don't try to be something other than than what you're not. Um, don't use gimmicks, is what I'm saying. Don't don't um, if you're if you the habits to form are just honesty and. Uh, integrity. It is. It is uh, self-awareness, but it's also a, a concerted effort to be aware of others. That's that's Philippians, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Three, one, four. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit. Consider others. Um, that that's the that, that's that's the the habits that you need to work on, or that you need to think about. Um, Lending itself along those lines would maybe be thinking through good questions to ask. I'm not always good at asking questions. Hmm. Um, and if you if you need to know how to learn to ask good questions, ask somebody that does that. I have this Wait. pastor friend of mine. Uh, what's his name? Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Howard's a good guy. He, he asks good questions. And, um, uh, you know, Another another really good habit, and I learned this from uh, an elder in my church who does have the gift of evangelism, um, is is uh, not just asking good questions, but but realize that you need to get to know other people. So let's say you're in a situation, you know you're going to be there for a few minutes, you're in close proximity of someone that you could engage in a conversation, um, ask them their name. Now, a lot of pastors say, oh, I'm so bad with names. I'm good with faces. Okay, so this is the trick or the habit that I'm still trying to learn that this evangelist elder friend of mine gave me. He said, in your conversation, use their name back to them three or four times. Mm. So so you say you get to talking about the weather or, or fishing or whatever the hook is to kind of open the conversation. And they say, yeah, my name's Jeremy. And you go, wow, Jeremy, so so are you married? Yeah, so, yeah, Jeremy. Do you have do you have children? Oh man, Jeremy, what, what's your wife's name? They say their name three or four times. Number one, it's going to show that you actually are interested in what they're saying, uh, without you having to say, "Hey, I'm really interested in you." You do that by just saying their name. Second of all, you're starting to get your brain to associate their name with their face, and then. 
uh, Lord willing, if you do kind of get that there and then you see them again or you run into them later and you go, hey, Jeremy, how are you? They are going to be blown away that you actually cared enough to remember their name. Hmm. Um, if you want to develop relationship with outsiders, that's, that's so, so important. Um, and I, you didn't ask this question, but I'm going to add to your question yeah. one other element. Um, and that, that is, how do you know when you are developing a good relationship with outsiders? Um, I, I, working with a room full of chaplains one time, uh, somebody was asking that very question. And they were like, so how do I, the, these officers are so closed off. They're such a closed knit group. How do I, how do I break through that? How do I know if they're going to trust me? Should I bake them cookies? Um, the answer to the question is you can always bake cookies, but that you're, you're a, that's the wrong answer to the question. Mm. Um, you're going to start knowing that people are warming up to you or liking you when they make fun of you, (laughs) (laughs) when they can, when they can make a joke about you to your face, they're testing you. They're starting to become comfortable with you. They want to know, can you take a joke? That's so true. Uh, And if you can, if you can laugh with them at you, um, you're in, uh, my, my troopers, one of their favorite lines with me was, uh, man, I wish I had a job where I only had to work two days a week and it took four guys to bring me the money. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I had them refer to me as very prominent names of false teachers because they knew that would just rub me and they would laugh with me. Um, just, you know, cultivate habits of laughter and good questions, get to know their names, uh, give of your time. Uh, you don't, you don't have to force yourself on them, but don't hoard their time either. Just, um, if you can, if you can do that, man, it'll make all the difference. Oh, good stuff. Lots of great tips there. Very practical. And, uh, this is gonna, this is gonna help a lot of pastors. So thanks so much for coming on and giving us these hot tips that you've picked up over the years. No problem. It's a, it's a pleasure, a joy to be with you again.